Hey guys, as always, the Side Character Podcasts are not experts. These are just our own personal opinions and experiences. Now on to the show. Hello and welcome to the Side Characters Podcast, a podcast about cultural diversity and nerd culture. I'm Jordan. And I'm Leah. How's it going, Leah? You know, just a crazy, crazy day in the life of this thing we call the pandemic. It's so great to be back at <laughs> back at the term, just saying, as someone who's in academia, this is just fantastic mm-hmm. of waiting and waiting to see when they'll re-close us down again. I mean... I never stopped working, so it's just been a constant nightmare from day one. Hmm. Um, but other than that, everything's going great. I did have a fun experience with one of my friends. They We were describing what type of person we like. And this uh, very, very British guy described his ideal female. And it was interesting, to say the least. It was... And what do you mean by that? <laughs> oh, man. It was basically, he ended up saying, it's like, oh, I've just described Daisy from The Great Gatsby. This is, he was like, she should be aloof and somewhat cold, yet when you get to know her, she's like soft and like actually really nice and fun and that she should be live and basically elf-like. That she should be alive. I mean, I would hope that she should be alive. Live. Live. That, that is part of being in a relationship is alive. Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. Well, basically, elf-like was the characteristics described. And this non-existent female who is, oh, my God, just this is the, it was pretty much left all of the women who were hearing this with their mouths open. And then one of them straight up went, that's toxic. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that's like. He's watched way too many, <laughs> like, romantic comedies. Uh, and just kind of wants something that's not actually real and puts expectations on the women of what what is wanted of them. I mean, I feel like it can be real, but that's like, a, that's like one person. <laughs> that's one very specific person. Puts a lot of expectations on that woman and brings us to our topic for today. So yeah, today we're going to be talking about, like, we're, we're going to be doing kind of, again, falling more along the lines of tropes. And we're going to be talking about the um, tropes of the Manic Pixie Dream Girl and the Genki Girl, which are two that just kind of women get shoehorned into being in a lot of, especially, I would say, romantic comedies a lot. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of romantic comedies. Or are they even comedies? I think they're just, like, romances. Most of them are, yeah, not that happy. I... I, I think Manic Pixie Dream Girl, like, if you, it's usually in common, it actually can, it can be pretty much everywhere, but it's pretty much, like, whenever you need, like, the light, like, flowery girl, that's, that's what you get. Yeah. So paint me a picture, Jordan. What, what's a Manic Pixie Dream Girl? I want to know. So picture yourself in a boat on the river with uh-huh. tangerine trees and marmalade skies. Uh-huh. I okay, now what you're going to do is picture this brooding sheltered hero tired of the drudgery of his boring office job or he was recently fired from said boring office job. And then our brooding hero meets a girl who's full of vitality 
don't know what those words are. Joie de vivre. <laughs> Joie de vivre. Joie de vivre. I don't know French. Who reinvigorates his life by being wacky, unique, and quote unquote, not like other girls. And this girl, my friends, is the manic pixie dream girl. All right. I think, I think we all know who wrote that because. Because <laughs> I can't, I don't know how to pronounce the Joie, words. Joie de vivre. I don't even know what that means. It means like the joy of life. Ah, yes. It, it's it's a term. It's a commonly used term. I'm not French. It's not just you. Okay, whatever. <laughs> it's not just used in French. Menage a trois. <laughs> there, I know some. Glenn is going to anyway. get on you for not knowing that, but it's fine. It's it's fine. Anyways, it's fine. continue. Continuing. Okay, so talking about the Manic Pixie Dream Girl, we're now giving around a... a, a we're giving away and you made fun of me <laughs> anyways keep going so we're now giving away the prize for the best man in pixie dream girl in living memories and that goes to sam aka natalie portman from the movie zach braff's the garden state also that movie's horrible by the way like but if has you... <laughs> an excellent if you were a high schooler early 2000 soundtrack Indeed. I'll give it that, but like it's pr- that movie's pretty much saying it's like you don't need to take your meds. All you need is the manic pixie dream girl. Exactly. Anyways, continue on. But the runners <laughs> up for this prize after Sam from Garden State are Amelie Summer from Five Hundred Days of Summer. But also the Lifetime Award goes to Zoe Deschanel in every single role she's ever played. <laughs> Because it's literally everything. 500 Days of Summer. Yes, man. New Girl. The list goes on. She she just hit a streak of hitting like that same role for a good five years. Just it, in yeah. a row. Everything. And like like New Girl was one of those where I like watched it. I'm like, is this just a sequel to 500 Days of Summer? Pretty much. Because yeah. it's exactly that. But Pretty anywho. Much. It's her life. But... Basically, the Manic Pixie has this, like, he's this wish fulfillment on the man's part, similar to that description that my friend, British man friend, gave, which is, like, that basically without giving a girl any of her own goals, she's just exists for the protagonist and has a true just lack of agency, which, if you don't know, because we'll be talking about this for a couple episodes, agency means the capacities for individuals to act independently and make their own free choices i think it's an important word put in your vocabulary especially if you're talking about diverse and diversity issues agency you gotta have it in your characters and it is also a business or organization oh thank you thank you we need the sub definition i i think just really quick i want to point out like the part of the um phrase manic pixie dream girl is the dream girl part where it's like this is the how it was presented like early 2000s and a bunch of those movies was this is the dream of every man for a woman to be exactly this character that's being pushed forward and that in its in and of itself is an issue yeah it puts women on this like pedestal of like that they're supposed to be this thing they're supposed to have these traits, but at the same time, not have any goals of their own. They're supposed to be like unobtainable yet flawed, like supposed to be uh, perfectly wonderful and like 
be able to live by while not really having a real job. <laughs> like, it's just like all these things that you're supposed to be, but not really have any goals of your own and just exist. Well, like you said, exist to be the dream of a man, which again, problematic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm sorry, when you said like, doesn't really have a job, I was like sitting here like trying to think, it's like, wait, what are some of these characters' jobs that I just couldn't, other than New Girl, she's a teacher, but I couldn't think of like any of the jobs yeah. that they have. I so like, huh. I think the best one is um, Zoe Deschanel in Yes Man, because I re- recently rewatched that one. Um, where she has like fifty other fifty jobs. She like has this band that's really wacky oh, yeah. and only has six followers. She teaches a course on photography while running. She does other things that I cannot remember for the life of me. Yeah, she she basically has no job. It's just like I I remember in order to be like the like i guess prime female protagonist you had to be that like super quirky and like nothing nothing you could do would be normal so like she couldn't just like be a photographer she had to like do it while running and like her band couldn't just be like a rock band it had to be like this weird indie like thing that has six followers she couldn't have ambition that was the key is that she wasn't allowed to be uniquely ambitious like she wasn't allowed to say i want to be the best photographer no that wasn't okay she had to be unique and not want fame like she had to not want her own ambition and i just like this is something that played out like throughout this time period which is basically i think the height of it was between like 2009 and 2013 there was so many of these that happened and like Yeah, I'm just going to give a quick list of some of those, which is that there's like New Girl, there's Amy Adams and Enchanted, there's Scott Pilgrim with Ramona Flowers, there's Forgetting Sarah Marshall, there's Ruby Sparks, there's Stranger Than Fiction, which that one is the only one I know who has an actual job. She runs a bakery. Like, so there's, there was like, it was so prevalent and like all of those are from those exact same time range, including 500 Days of Summer. But really... (laughs) Since then, some people are like, oh, the Manic Pixie Dream Girl has died. It does not exist anymore. It's like... Wait, Zoe Deschanel died? What? <laughs> You're breaking this on the show? I know. Oh, my God. Now we're going to have killed her? This is unfortunate. Please don't die, Zoe Deschanel. Yeah, we no, like you like as a that, yeah, you're you're fine. It's like I don't have anything against her. In reality, we think it's still ver- at least I think I assume Jordan too also thinks that it still very much exists and is a trope that's used and sometimes comes in different forms. Yeah, I mean, I I would agree with that. Like, I mean, most of my watching has been Netflix and or anime, and I will say that it does pop up like not as egregious as like the 500 days of summer character or yes man character but it does pop up still a bunch and we've like i would say like uh, we were looking through examples of this and there are some like one that i didn't see but was on a, some list that i saw was charlie sterrens and a million ways to die in the west or whatever that is but one that i i was thinking of i thought of that was like oh my god yes it's true egret from game of thrones she purely existed to like teach Jon Snow about the, the ways of the wildling and like rejuvenate him and like set him on the right path like that was her purpose <laughs> okay okay so to a point I agree but like I don't think it was necessarily to 
I think it was more of to give him an eye on what the wild eggs were. And I will say to that extent, yeah, it kind of serves the same purpose, but I don't think necessarily quote unquote rejuvenating him. I, yeah. Well, he, you know, he got laid. So. I mean, the rejuvenating portion was done by um, the red woman when he was brought back to life. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but that was the only rejuvenating I can think of Jon Snow. I think that's a it's a more modern. And example. to the po- that same point, the rejuvenation with Danny towards the end, but we don't have to talk about that train wreck what? of a season. <laughs> just Jordan has fixated on the word rejuvenation now. I just but the, but the, that whole thing he did. Danny did the Manic Pixie Dream Girl, I think, even more so than Ygritte did to Jon Snow, where it's like, oh, yes, it's like my whole life has been open to what love really is. Uh-huh. Like, what was, yeah. Jon Snow was I don't know. Manic. Well, yeah. No, 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 no. Danny was the Manic, and Jon Snow was like the brooding hero who suddenly, after meeting Danny, like, feels so alive. Oh. And then it kind of gets twisted on its head in the season after, like, they first get together. Yeah. But it's just, I'm just saying, I, sorry. I could see Sorry that. for derailing. I could see that. But I do think the fact that Egret just basically is there to teach him this stuff and then she dies, kind of like, welp. <laughs> well, you this, served your purpose. We're going to throw you out now. <laughs> So, and then they got married. Yeah, but what about you, Jordan? Have any other examples? Oh yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I guess the biggest one for me, and like this happens in both games, but I think even more so than the first one, the Final Fantasy remake, um, Aerith, d- definitely a hundred million percent is the manic pixie dream girl like not only is she like the manic like flower it's like oh yes look at life and it's beautiful and you need to just you know open up your heart silly like that but also like straight up cloud at the beginning of the game is like super brooding is only there for money it's just like oh leave me alone type character like you know he even has kind of like the emo swoop with his hair and then like he meets Aerith and it's like oh yes he learns how to carrigate it's like how Stella got her groove back but how cloud learned to love Right. We can't judge Stella getting her groove back. I, I'm Who not I wasn't get judging. I was using. The, I was saying how he got he, he got his groove in the first place. Is pretty much what I was. You saying. You ruined my joke about Trey Diggs and who wouldn't want to get their groove back on with Trey Diggs. I think it's Tay Diggs. You're right. I'm sorry. I feel like an awful <laughs> you, human being. You pronounce my people's names right. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what? But regardless of Tay Diggs of Tay Diggs I'm just saying like I think it, you just watch some of the clips from Final Fit the Final Fantasy 7 remake because she is the most medic pixie dream girl since the Zoe Deschanel age I will because I didn't even realize until you told me when we were writing this that they've changed the story I didn't even know that I thought that it was the same yeah, yeah. Oh, no, 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 they def- they changed the story. Also, it's going to be more than one game. So, yeah, didn't she die? Like, no, not yet. <laughs> okay. Well, those are some of <laughs> Which our... Which gets into fridging. <laughs> those are some of our more examples. And, like, I pulled out this really excellent quote from this, like, list of the Manic Pixie Dream Girls, which I really like, which is that... Every, and we'll have it in the description, of course. Uh, every poorly written female character isn't a manic, manic pixie dream girl, but every fully fledged manic pixie dream girl is a poorly written female character. 
It's like one of those good Venn diagram multi-circle things. It's like, yep. Yeah. Manic Pixie like Dream. Not every like fish this. is a salmon, but every salmon is a fish. Very good. Very classic. Classic school. Just, I'm, I'm yeah, <laughs> school, get it? Because it's fish. Yeah. Yeah, but no, I think that that's a it's it's an excellent way to put it because they are just really badly written characters with no dimension. It's, and well, I mean, like parts really bad, but then also it's well really bad writing, but it also it is like the shoehorning or presenting it as this is what you have to be to, I guess, impress men or to have guys like you. You have to be this quirky weird person rather than like there's like the just be yourself side of it and then it's just like just be this idea of what people want you to be yeah it's any of what i just said makes sense. no it's entirely what it is because it's supposed to be like people will say that it's like advocating that these women are just like doing what they want to do but the fact is is that they it really isn't because they have no own goals they have no ambitions they just are there they're just there to be to to be for the guy to do what what he wants and like that's like really put into perspective in ruby sparks because it's an author who literally (laughs) literally writes himself a manic pixie dream girl and it goes awful so that movie that movie is horrifying it's pretty it's pretty hard to watch so <laughs> that, that movie just adds like some moments where it's just like because then like at the end it's like oh it's kind of the point that oh he can't control her just because he wrote this character type thing they kind of get into that yeah and, like that's like the big crux of it but like most of the movies like oh i wrote my perfect dream girl and it's just like i'm upset because she's starting to have agency of her own yep and yes, that showed us like a bad thing towards the end, but man, it's horrifying. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> just to get to that point felt really. Ugh. It's just like, Ooh! but yeah. it's just I don't know. Like on a representation standpoint, if like this was like a huge way of representing women in a lot of like the romance comedies and a lot of like teen movies and you know you know those more like. I don't know what type of movie I'm trying to say, but like in those types of movies, that's the representation we got of women. And like I said, when we see the same representation, like that's the only picture that we get of ourselves. And I think it's Manic Pixie Dream Girls especially damning sometimes. Yeah, uh, particularly like people in my age group, this affected, this was us. This is what we were seeing in high school. This is this is where we were yeah. going and this is what we were seeing as the only representation of who we could be in these romances so it was it was definitely hard to sit through and watch it like cool they're super awesome but at the same time it's like this isn't realistic this isn't being a person (sighs) yeah and i guess on the other side So I'm sorry for everything I'm going to say. But on the other side, as a guy, like, you're shown this over and over again, where it's like, oh, this is what makes, this is what a girlfriend's supposed to be or supposed to no, be like. No, I think like. that's the, almost the worst impact. You've nailed it on yeah. the head. Yeah, this, this is what, like, a girlfriend's supposed to be or supposed to be like. And I'm sitting there, like, watching some of these movies, and I was like, well, she's kind of freaking annoying. Well, that's what you did, but there are other people who <laughs> yes. this, it's like, it extends to. You're right that it's, like, it extends to that fact of, like, 
oh, this is what I can expect of my girlfriend is to have yeah. no thoughts and ideas of her own. Well, it's not even this is what I can expect. It's a lot of this is what I have to expect. And again, 500 Days of Summer does like that reverse point where like it didn't work out. Well, but, and it's, you know, it's just it that takes... it, it creates that artificial like men did end up putting these expectations on women. And mm -hmm. I, I think it's really an extension of that. Like, and we'll talk about the some point of like the nice guy syndrome where it's like expecting something out of the women you're dating, which you're expecting them to live for you. Yeah, you're, you're, oh, geez, does this like. Sorry, it's like the realization, like, does this go hand in hand with the nice guys? Like, yeah. seeing this over and over again, you're yes. now, like, you expect your girlfriend to be this, and when she's not, or when a character, character, sorry, a human being does not react in the same way a character yep. does, you get mad. Wow, that's, jeez, yep. yep. oh my gosh, sorry. This is one of those things where it's like, ah, having on the show, having, like, an epiphany. Yeah, I, hey, and real show the realness to this because that yeah that's something that i think a lot of people have like i think you see it in other shows too not in this same scenario but this impacts that like i think one example of that is like the ross rachel relationship where he expects her to act a certain way and to like gets jealous of everything she does and that he's he plans like he wants to meddle in her life and i think it's one of those things where then you expect to be able to do that that you're allowed to do that and that's okay and that's not okay but going on a little bit just so that one of the arguments that people tend to throw back at this is the idea of the manic pixie dream boy and they do come up and like one of the people who end up getting labeled frequently as the manic pixie dream boy is our boy ryan gosling you know that he's not my boy he's your, he's not our boy whatever you know <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding everybody loves him even though he can't act I, to save his life it's fine i will disagree to a point on that well he has limited he can range. act sometimes yes limit yeah there we go limited range yeah but like but yeah he's there to build up your confidence and make you as a woman feel feel like you're back again but I think there's a fundamental difference between the Manic Pixie Dream Boys and the girls, which is that often characters like Ryan Gosling are allowed to succeed and have their own goals and do things. Well, I mean, to that, like, I, you wrote it in the notes, but, like, that's exactly what was La La Land. Like, he had his own successful, like, band and stuff that he was succeeding on his own in the background. And, like, at the end, he succeeds on his own, which it's not really seen in the same style as we get with um, Manic Pixie Dream Girl movies. Uh, Manic Pixie Dream Boys are usually allowed to be successful and have goals. They're just there. Yeah. Like one of the ones that is pretty well known is the Bridesmaids. So in Bridesmaids, the, oh my gosh, uh, Chris O'Dodd, the police officer character, he is a Manic tr Pixie Dream Boy for... Um, Kristen Wiig's character but he also like has his own goal and like it puts his expectations on her and so yeah he does like to build up her confidence and build her back into light like more vitality of life but at the same time he still has his own personality his own expectations and that type of stuff okay so again a derailment but I I, I guess so one time I was talking about like 
issues I had with the book. Yeah, my friend kind of stops like, okay, well then what would have been the proper way to show the stuff I was um, having an issue with? And so I guess what would be like, what would be a good way to kind of what's a good solution to the manic pixie dream girl like what's a good like a character or something that would be a proper way of doing this type of thing i think it's just a character who has their own agency who's allowed to succeed you can have a character who is down on their luck and just like having an awful life who meets someone and they both like they both together like find joy in being together like but the thing is, is you can't have that restricted to one person being the sole face for the other one. Like, you can't just use them as an object. It has to be, it has to be, like, a mutual thing that they both learn from the experience. That they're, that they both have their own goals, that they do their own things. That the person's learning on their own, I think. I think that's almost the more thing, is that it's more an internal thing for them they that they're learning how to be themselves not that they use the other person the other person can just set them in the right track but they need to learn on their own and they have to grow on their own and that other person has no obligation to help them on that and yeah okay so let's say side characters is getting ready to make our third movie um and it's gonna it's gonna be like you know we're gonna have this kind of idea in it so like I'm going to pose something and tell me if this is kind of whereabouts in the right direction. So let's say it's like, you know, we have our brooding hero who's, you know, kind of in the shitter. Well, not literally in the shitter, but like, you know, has a terrible outlook on life because things haven't been going right. But let's say he meets this group of friends who they are all, you know, weird and quirky in. Together, that group of friends, they all have their own individual lives and do their stuff, but they meet up to do whatever, go to concerts, whatever the hell. And through their meeting, he slowly, you know, is rejuvenated because, as you said, I'm liking this word this episode. Yeah. Is that more along the lines? Yeah. And you actually just... And then they're all women. (laughs) You actually just made me think of an example that I think might be appropriate here, which is the... At least, I don't know, this might be wrong, but I'm just thinking of the movie Pride, which is a movie about um, the group in the UK during the minor strikes, the um, LGBT group that went and supported the minor strikes in a time when that wasn't really okay. I think it was in the 80s. And one of the perspectives, like the perspective they put it from is by this new kid who joins the group who ends up being like influenced by the leader of the group who is this really energetic person who just like is very driven and has passion and like is helping him through his coming out experience. But at the same time, like that doesn't diminish the main character's story of being able to like connect with this community of people who are also like going through the minor strike. So it's, it's, it's a, it's an inspiration. It's a person being a source of inspiration to refinding like how you're going to act in your life rather than being a tool. Yeah. Okay. So I was trying to, in my head, like think of a way to like what it would look like to do this kind of idea that they usually do with Manic Pixie to do it the right way. I think inspiration is the better term to use. Using okay. people as inspiration yeah. for your for your own choices in your life and and changing how you act and 
being inspired by what they do, I think is what I would like. I would more like to see because that person has their own life. But I think lastly on this, on this one, I want to talk about the awful, awful, awful evolution of this trope, which, cause like, as we said, it's definitely decreased in commonness. People think it's gone away. Instead, it's just changed to the magical girlfriend or even worse, the AI-defined fantasy girl. Tropes are no longer created nor destroyed. They just change from one form to another. Exactly. And this one, we just like our significant others with absolutely no agency. Thank you very much. We just want them to be created by a computer and for us to manipulate and to do whatever we want. My God, I don't know about you, but I've seen this everywhere. Everywhere. It's it's super common. So, so yeah, it's just like an AI or robotic girlfriend or like, oh, Lord, sorry, I just had another like um, example pop into my yeah. head. But- I think the classic example for me comes from shoujo manga, which is, it's actually quite one of the earliest ones. It's just absolute boyfriend, which is where she gets this like synth boyfriend who is now her boyfriend. And then through, I think through this like having this ai boyfriend who's like perfect basically to rediscovers that the guy who is her best friend is actually like the person she wants to be with and like realizes like usually what the ai person does is helps you see that oh either the person next to you is the one that you've wanted all along or that oh all you needed to do was be like you don't need this to be happy you know but, and so they end up getting discarded and just tossed in the trash like the since they are, you know? <laughs> God. Well, I, I can't think of another example that does exactly that, but I know I've definitely seen that in a movie. Yeah. But I just, I think the idea to me at least is like kind of going along with where technology is going in these days. It's like, well, we can't get what we want out of humanity, so let's just build something that fits that and like these like ais and stuff i feel like that's gonna be like the next step is we have our own robot boyfriends and girlfriends yep it's already happening in porn yeah so there's uh, several examples there's her there's blade runner there's a couple of these constructions and like ex machina is a deconstruction of that uh the funny joke of Dr. Kruger's anime boyfriend from Archer, anime girlfriend, sorry, from Archer. Um, it's just become common so much so that people make fun of it. Like, I, so both Ex Machina and Dr. Kruger's uh, anime girlfriend in Archer are both like the extreme sides of the deconstruction that I love. Like, Straight up, Krieger has like a projection of an anime girl wearing a wedding dress because that's, I think that's his wife. It just, it's well, done kind of to poke fun at the idea of, oh, you could just build your own. I think at um, one point she ends love. up like nagging him because he no longer yes. talks to her, which I'm like, I like, I, one, <laughs> I think that shows how common it is as an idea that like, we should recognize the fact that they made this joke and it works because that means there's a basis for it to work. But like, yeah, that she gets, she has more agency than most, like than an AI defined girlfriend should have. And then Ex Machina, like I especially love because 
Like, that's the whole point of that movie is to show, like, this AI or robot who specifically does play into those dream girl aesthetics to manipulate the guy in order to escape. And I thought that was a great where it's like, oh, this whole time's like you believe it because oh, it's that kind of movie where the guy falls in love, like finds his dream girl, and it just happens to be a robot. But nope, screw you, dude. Yeah, and they play on that because they know that there are these are things that we want. So yeah, but all of this, I I think on this like I think that one we should particularly keep an eye out for because it just removes all agency, and usually it happens to women. So. Yeah, but also, like, regardless of all genders, we just want all our characters to have agency and power. We don't need any yeah. damsels or pixies here. Okay, so the second thing that we kind of wanted to talk about mentioned up top is the Ginky Girl. And, like, most people's like, what, what is the Ginky Girl? I've never heard I of I didn't this even before. know this, that this was the actual term for this until... Yeah, and it's like, up. I didn't know. Like, you said Ginky Girl. Oh, we're going to do Ginky Girl. I'm like, what the hell is that? And I was so confused. And then you explained what it was to me. I was like, oh, I've seen this literally everywhere. Yeah. So, Ginky is Japanese for energetic or enthusiastic. And so, the Ginky Girl is usually, but not always, a screw. Skrrgrrr? Shut up. A skrrgrrr. Shut, shut up. I, <laughs> shut up. Take it out from the top. A ginky girl is usually, but not always, a schoolgirl and possesses an overabundance of energy, hyperactive, speaks quickly, sometimes so quickly that it's unintelligible, and does things unnecessarily fast. She's filled with confidence and determination, regardless of whether she's competent or not. And sometimes this character is the type that can't sit still. So, like, this, to me, like, goes very close to the Manic Pixie Dream Girl, but, like, I see it as more of, like, the hyperactive or, like, weird personality traits more than quirky fun. Yeah. If that, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, it's it's very much, and the reason we included it is because, oh, you could just be like, oh, this is a personality type. Well, that's not the only, that's not the problem with this. There's There's a real problem with how they are portrayed. As that they're just supposed to be like, yeah, they're just, they're supposed to be comic relief. They have no inner thoughts. They just exist to be this one personality trait, the fun one or the weird one, like the high energy character. It's the funneling down of a character to just specifically that personality trait where it's like, that's all there is usually that's all there is to that character of being like the just off the wall bouncy character and like personally because i'm that guy you i've seen this in pretty much i would say 90 percent of the animes i've watched yeah, it's very common in anime and manga and these 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 girls are like most often labeled as like not having not being smart they're they're even though they're, they, sorry, they're seen as like not being able to think complex thoughts or emotions or to, to be able to look in at themselves because they're always moving all the time, which is just ridiculous because if somebody I knew had that personality, I would assume they had a lot of shit going on because they're using it as a crutch for something else. Like that's, that's personally what I would think if you were that happy all the time, I'd be like, 
Well, you, you need some therapy. Something's <laughs> something's happening. You're always filled with energy all the time. It's like you must have like this inner darkness or rage in you that you're suppressing through the energy and having to move all the time. Yeah. And the second that energy dies out, someone's getting murdered. Yeah. Which actually... Which, oh my god, I want to write that movie right now. Well, there was an example that's not on our examples list that I just thought of. Oh no. What? Um, the, the character from Doki Doki Literature Club, the friend character. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Inner rage or inner depression inner de- <laughs> that drives yeah. you to Oft- just explode. Often that's the thing is that like people I know who are like this in real life use this as a mechanic to cover up for depression or other personal issues. So like this one dimensionalness basically encourages them to act like this isn't use it as a mask. Like this is a good thing. And no one ever asks them if they're okay. Like... Why would you? They're always happy. I guess, like, the, the issue with this is, be, like, because it is, like, a one-dimensional, it is a one-side portrayal of a character. And I understand that not every single TV show, book, or movie can take the time to flesh out their characters in such a way. But where that is, again, like I said, in 90% of anime, where that is how the character is is portrayed or shown we get it back into the representation side where it's like you see this so often it's like well this is what i have oh my to god be this it's, it just makes me think so if anybody's ever watched unravel i've boasted on this before of there's an episode he does where he tries to define every single fire emblem character of which there are like 500 i believe and fire there's a lot there's a lot of fire emblem playable characters and Part of, basically it all boils down at the end to a character with one single personality trait and a panache for violence. He identifies two, two characters out of 500 that have a unique and interesting story that actually have depth. And the rest are just this like single personality character trait with, with the panache for violence. And that's it. And I'm like, you have so many games you can't come up with interesting like i'm like you don't even have at least one game that has characters that have depth please well i i i think that partially is the issue of having so many games you just run out but with fire emblem i will say they started i know it with that's the thing you are a single or trope that's why i say it's like I could understand because there's so many gays, but there's it, not like, a single from the start. Yeah, that's that's what gets me is that there's not a single one that has it. Yeah, yeah. From from the start, like their characters are just tropes. Like even at the newest one, it's like you're the womanizer, you're the nerd, you're the big guy who likes to eat. It's like you're the ginky girls. Like every single one is just specifically like you are a trope. Yeah, and that's all. But yeah, I think with the Genki girl, the thing that really does bother me is that often it it hides an, mm, problems. Like it has it hides problems and it like leaves these people with like if this was a real person, I would be concerned for them because people aren't asking how they're doing or treating them as human. Like they get treated as set dressing because they're thought of not having actual emotions or like Like, these usually end up being side characters, as we said, for comedy relief, which means that they're not thought of being important enough to to talk about. So, and this is something that, like, people strive to enact in their lives is to be this Genki character. 
I will say, like, you mentioned something, like, this is most specifically, like, nine times out of ten, this is specifically a side character trait, and so that's why a lot of times you don't get to see the more introspective side of it. You just see them being hyperactive, and that's about all. But we do have a long list of examples of this one. This one is... Yeah, because it's in every single anime, Leah. It's in... Every single anime, I will list a few. It's in every single. I'm about to have a mental breakdown right now. So I think, like, if you want the purest form, if you want to look like, well, what do they mean by Genki Girl? Look up Mako from Kill a Kill. She is the most Genki of all in any type of anime. That and um, Tomo for, from Azumanga Dayo. Video games and definitely then, trace her. That one, I'm like, that's pure. She gotta go fast all the time anyways. Yeah, yeah. Tracer is very um, ginky, but... Jeez. Gosh, Tracer. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm... Sorry, when I, like... I go through, like, things I've seen them in, I'm just, like, imagining all the, like, animated shorts. It's like, Tracer has moments where she's not, like... That's not the only thing she is. So I think, like, it's... She's more rounded... For the most part, but like because it's just a game where you, yeah, you know, without just those... shoot and take points, and without like the um, Widowmaker short that she's in, where you see more of her character, like you get Tracer as just being like, I gotta go fast. Hey guys, look at me! Oh my gosh! Like type. Yeah. Cheers, love the calories here. <laughs> All right. Um. Can but you tell we're we not get... that type of person? I bet you anybody yeah. listening to this can be like, also can tell that I'm. we're both tired. And then it's just like, we're just like, no, we're not having this. <laughs> like I said, it's like, that person annoys me. If you are always on all the time, man, you're going to get on my nerves real quick. But, but um, another, I would say like Dory from Finding Nemo, Anna from Frozen. Oh, God. Um, and I will say to a point, like, to a point, a deconstruction of this coming back to anime really quick would be Haruko from Fully Cooly, where she specific, like, if you rewatch Fully Cooly, you will notice that Haruko is pretty much the antagonist in that show. But, like, she uses the Genki in the hyperactiveness in order to manipulate people into getting what she wants. So I think, like, and you see it. A couple of times where it kind of breaks and you see what type of person she really is outside of that. Yeah. But it is like she is another poster child for the anime Genki girl. I think that's what we're, it's like highlighting that fact of like that no one asks how they are. They are. There is another layer underneath. You cannot only be that. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> and you can be a conniving evil person under it who will try to kill you with a guitar if you're not paying too much attention. Yeah. Um, but then lastly, like the two examples, I will say, eh, Kaylee from Firefly, then also Leslie Nope from um, Parks not and Not saying Red, we which, don't I mean, love Leslie. We love Leslie. Yeah. Not saying we don't love, well, I don't love either of those characters. I love both of them. I love Leslie Nope. I love every single second of Parks and Rec, but she is the very, um, like she's very ginky character. And actually, when they first started writing, first started creating um, Parks and Rec, like watch that first season, she oh, was yeah. supposed to pretty much be female Michael Scott, where she was supposed to like not really 
know what she was doing, but like always be enthusiastic and try really hard, even though she has no clue what she's doing. But then they changed that, which was a very yes. good thing. And like, despite her being a Genki girl, she does have way more depth than that. And is like the Genki girl definition I kind of gave up top. Like they're not really, they're overconfident, but not really competent a lot of the time, but she is extremely competent in pretty much everything she does. She's just an enthusiastic person. I, yeah, so I, think, I think they do an excellent job too of yes. pushing her. So her confidence often and like her over excitement often can be her downfall. Like it, she pushes yes. herself too far. And I think that's realistic. And I think that a lot of the characters on that show provide depth for her to showcase like her other traits. So she's probably the best one on this list, except for that first season where she's clearly just that. Where she was written specifically to be exactly. the Genki girl. Exactly. So. But also, just watch Parks and Rec. Like, yeah. it's you don't hands need down to watch one of the best one. like TV sitcoms. I started without watching season one. You can skip season one and then come back to it at the end. That's what most people do that I know of. Oh. I powered through it because it was only like six episodes. Yeah. Well, you can do either. Go back. But you should all watch <laughs> Parks and Rec because it's a wonderful, wonderful show. Anyways. So we're pretty much closing out, but one thing that when we were doing the research that popped up that I thought was just funny, and I think everybody should take a look at it just to kind of see how weird this idea can be, is there is a WikiHow article on how to be a Ginky girl. And just, I'm going to put it in the show description at the top. So just click on it and just kind of go through it because it is, it's, it's funny. Yeah. It is really funny. Yeah. And it's very, it's point, it's hard to tell if they're being serious or not. I don't know. I really hope they're not because it's like, like, it's cringe funny. It is very cringe funny. It's legitimately hard to tell. Like, because there's points (laughs) where you're like, okay, you're not being serious. And then there's other points where it's like, well, that was a realistic statement. This is confusing. (laughs) You're not being serious unless. Maybe. (laughs) Anyways, moving on. (laughs) so we here just to reiterate for one more time because we're going to say this thousands of times this episode it's just going to be me saying this over and over again that we like complex characters here we want them to have agency and goals and more than one personality trait we're just like asking for better writing you know just like give your people interesting stuff if you're going to use a genki girl then maybe have someone like talk to her and give her multiple perspectives and like be energetic but have a different side to her like just take some time to give your characters depth and not just have them be these mannequins that you stick on the shelves usually because this ends up being women who end who are just like pieces of set dressing on the stage and you're just like watching them around like weird dolls we don't want that we get enough of that from horror movies with actual weird dolls moving around on their own. We don't need that here. I, that was the I weirdest analogy that. I've ever made. But No, no, it's fine. I was just going to say about the weird dolls. I just remembered how much they actually scared me because I was looking up horror movie dolls because I wanted to um, do a special project about but um what I was actually the real thing I wanted to say not about horror movie dolls was I I didn't say this earlier because I forgot what did this and I also um, never wrote it down. But I remember there was like 
a Genki girl and one of the things I watched that was very introspective and like had like a moment with like the main character and it's just like everybody just thinks I'm a joke but I make people laugh when at hard times so that's why I always continue to do this like it's not necessarily the only part of me there is no one has ever tried to get to know me I just have to be this in order to keep morale up pretty much yeah, yeah. But also the and the other true thing I want to say is this like think 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 about it on this level. Like we have these one-dimensional characters, but is anybody you know truly that one-dimensional where their only personality trait is being hyperactive or their only personality trait is being like this quirky girl? Like, no. Humans aren't that. We are complex and so so many different layers. So why shouldn't we have that same type of representation in the things that we watch? Because we are not just one set person. Anyways, that's all. Yeah. Complex characters, better writing up your game writers. We expect more of you. This whole show, I think can just be boiled down. Like it shouldn't be, but can be boiled down to just the thought is just like, be a better writer. (laughs) Well, yeah, just, just be better. Talk to minorities and be a better writer. Yeah, a lot of that, a lot of that, a lot of that. But now that we're done with that, Jordan, what have you been consuming this week in media? I feel like we should have like a theme song intro because I've been listening to way too much How Did This Get Played? And I feel like, so what have we been consuming should be like, yeah, something like that. I'll talk to my music friends. Anyways, what if I've been consuming is literally I did this like two days ago. And also, I do not appreciate it. When I mentioned this, you're like, oh, well, it's not like groundbreaking or anything. It's like, doesn't matter. It's what I've been doing recently. Yeah. And I enjoyed the crap out you of it. You asked me. It's not. All right. I happen to. It is not. Gra- no, 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 you no. You asked me. History goes to the victor. I'm the editor. So history goes God to me. damn it. You. you asked me. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But the thing that I have been um, consuming recently was both the Netflix movie and the image comic series, The Old Guard. And it's great. It's the movie stars Charlize Theron. And it's pretty much this like special task force of immortals who have been alive since like, you know, the last 6,000 years. And I've been going through and, you know, doing special task in order to make life a little bit better for people um but this time they end up getting burnt by someone they thought they could trust and have to um you know avoid being captured and experimented on all while finding out another person who has their immortal powers has just discovered their powers so it's great i enjoyed it i thought it did a very good job Eh, hmm. i thought it did a good job decent job with its female characters, not making them purely one-dimensional. The action in both the comic and the movie was amazing. Charlize Theron just straight up blocks a bullet with an axe. Like, how cool is that? Yeah. Now, I happen to like, say, we must say that... Oh, no. I'm not as hot on the movie as Jordan is. I will watch a second one if it comes out. But they cut out too much of the motivation. Yeah, okay, that's that's the thing. That's part of the reason why I read the comic because like it did kind of leave. It's like there's a lot of plot there has to be more than this. Like there there was some motivation and some like a twist that like A I saw calling, but like calling coming. I saw yeah, it coming. Yeah, we saw it coming. But it 
didn't make sense when it actually arrived. Exactly. And it's just like, it's, like, there has to be more to this. And so I read the comic and I was like, oh, okay, you just left out a little bit of the, like, actually them saying and acting like this but yeah it was so if you shouldn't have to watch a movie to you shouldn't have to read a comic (laughs) to understand a movie to understand a movie you know said the same thing about the witcher but you know it was fun i'd watch a second one charlize theron why do you you say her name so weird charlize theron how are you supposed to say you're just saying you you emphasize theron Charlize Theron. It's how I was learned how I learned to speak to pronounce the those certain letters and certain combinations a certain way. Well, I think it's awesome. Like it's like, like, it's like extra and theron. extra <laughs> emphasis. It's great. Anyways, there's always a way I say something that someone points out. It's like, wait, that's not how you're supposed to do it. We're gonna have to after this <laughs> listen to a recording of someone saying her name. Uh, it's. Fu- I know it's like the. I think it's Theron, yeah, right? Charlie Theron. Oh my God, freak! I'm not changing who I am, and neither should you, audience. No, I Anyways, just thought it was funny. Leah, Anyways, what have you been up to? What have I been consuming? I have been consuming. I played a short little game called The Gardens Between, which oh, yeah. probably everybody knows about it, but I finally played it. It's been sitting in my Steam library for. Ooh, like a year now and that's all <laughs> it's from 2018 man <laughs> i mean i've had stuff that's been sitting in my library for quite some time that i just haven't touched. i know i'm just saying the game's new enough oh uh, okay so Anyways, but it's this really good game oh it's this like surrealist puzzle game that's about manipulating time but it's based on like going through these memories and experiences of object and place with this two set of friends who are, I want to say this is the 80s, but it's these two friends who are pretty gender ambiguous, which I kind of like, I because their names are very interesting. And I'm like, oh, yeah. what are their names? Uh, Frent and Ariana? Ar- Arena? Okay, Don't. I was just wondering, because you said this, their names are interesting, and then you just made noises. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, bad at So what are names, their names? Names, too, so... It's it's fine. We literally just had, like, a two-minute thing on how I pronounce yeah. things. It's fine. But, so I appreciated the portrayal of the two characters, because you could see them as being either gender, any gender, whatever gender you wanted so that was like really nice that you could have characters that were identifiable that way and there was just like going through this game it's not a particularly long game but just like the feelings i had like it wasn't even it's slightly before our generation of stuff but it was just like i don't know i could feel the meaning behind it it's like as someone who's experienced some of the things that have happened in this game um which i don't want to say what it is because it's the ending but like it just like things really stuck out to me and just like reminded me of things and it was i don't know it has a it it uses object in place as very well to be able to establish emotions and draw on nostalgic connections and i really appreciated mm-hmm. that yeah. Okay. So first, I will say that like I really like um, 
I guess the surrealism and like the um, world that it's in, it it does look really awesome. Second, I'm gonna ask are all of the levels like round, like you have to go like in a spiral almost. Uh, yes, kind of. Okay. They're not like. Yes, they are. They're not as linear as they look where it's just spiraling upwards and upwards. Some of them are. But I mean, they're all like a a circular platform is kind of what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that you have to go. Oh, cool. Yeah, you have to like the mechanics are going backwards and forwards through time. So you literally only buttons you use are whatever WASDA, um, S&D, or you use the left and right arrows and the space bar. Second question: Can you jump? No. Ah. But they. Okay. That's. The, but the thing is, is that you're not. Moving. Sorry, that, I was looking at it, and that's what's like. Okay, well, if you can just jump, then this makes the game really no, easy. No, it's the thing is that the left and right arrows are controlling time; they're not controlling movement. <gasps> oh. Yeah. Oh my. Okay, I, I might have to steal this from your family share. Yeah. Right. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> this looks really cool. Anyway, sorry. I just sometimes when you mention things, I look it up over time. I was like, ooh, I'm actually interested. Yeah. But I play some cool games. Not always, so don't get a big head. <laughs> <laughs> I play some interesting but stuff. Anyway, so that's what we've been doing. You got anything else on the plate? Not this week. I'll save I'll save okay. some of the other things for next time. Sounds good. Well, next week we're gonna be talking about a subject that will probably get both of us on fire, um, anger wise. We're gonna be talking about fridging for a little bit. Which is funny that fridging makes you hot rather than cold. I don't like the description of it being hot, but let's end. Well, hot as an anger. I know. Hot as an anger. I know, but let's end. <laughs> so yeah, that's been all we got on this episode. Um, my only thing is I'll plug, if you want to listen to my other show, you can check out World Shop. But also, you can check out us streaming. We're going to get a better schedule after this awful um fall and holiday season but we're gonna be streaming dragon age inquisition on my twitch stream of something i guess zero zero at twitch.tv um but yeah we're doing what we said we were gonna do and we're gonna romance the freaking iron yeah we are yeah we are you're gonna one of us is happy about it i'm gonna ride the bull you're gonna ride the bull and be happy about it gonna ride the bull (laughs) anyways anyways everyone have a great day. Well, yeah, have you have an awesome day because in a couple of weeks when we're playing this game, it's like I'm not gonna be having a great day. So just you will. have a great day for me. You will. He's lying. <laughs> and we'll we'll talk to y'all later. All right. Bye. Bye.